Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, we like to... uh, you know, during these uh, uncertain times, as we hear that phrase over and over again, we like to uh, often uh, bring a little light or, or cast a little light onto some really positive subjects out there. We've done it a lot with our partner pro- profiles, and we're excited to do it now. Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. He is the founder of the Raising Men Lawn Care Service. He's Rodney Smith with us here on The Big Show on 97.5 and 12. The zone. Rodney, thank you so much for a few minutes. How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Hey, we are doing great. Tell us a little bit about uh, Raising Men Lawn Care Service and kind of the good you're trying to put out into the world. Yeah, so it's a nonprofit organization, and we mow free lawns for the elderly, disabled, single parents, and veterans. And we have kids nationwide taking part in our 50-yard challenge. Our 50-yard challenge is a challenge that we have issued to kids nationwide and even worldwide to mow 50 free lawns for the elderly, disabled, single parents, and veterans in their community. And let's say you had a kid in Salt Lake City that accepted our 50-yard challenge. They'd make a sign saying, I accept the 50-yard challenge. And in return, we will send them a white raising men or raising women's T-shirt along with shades and air protection. Once they mow 10 lawns, they get an orange shirt, 20 a green, 30 a blue, 40 a red. And once they mow 50 lawns, they get a black shirt. And once they mow 50, I will drive to wherever they are in the United States. I will do lawns with them, and I will also give them a brand-new mower, weed eater, and blower and to date, about 50-plus kids nationwide have completed it. And currently, we have almost 800 kids nationwide, and we have kids even worldwide in Canada, Bermuda, England, Australia, Germany, uh, doing the same thing and trying to reach their goal. You know, Rodney, when, when our listeners hear about this, it makes mm-hmm. them feel better. It gives them more hope. It encourages them that there are a lot of good souls in the world who are willing, young people who are willing to go out there and help others. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's a lot of kids out there that just want to go out there and make a difference. And it's, beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to see boys and girls just getting out there and giving back to their community. And I believe it's important that kids learn how to give before they receive. So it's a beautiful thing to see. Rodney, how did you come up with this? Where did you get started? Yeah, so back in 2015, um, at the time I was getting my bachelor's in computer science, and I was driving, leaving school one day, and I came across this elderly man outside mowing his lawn. So I pulled over and helped him out. And that night, I just decided I would start mowing free lawns for the elderly, disabled, single parents, and veterans here in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, I made a post out on Facebook. Um, I started getting lawns. Um, at first, my goal was to mow 40 lawns by the end of winter, but I mowed 40 lawns so quick that I had my goal to 100. A month and a half later, I reached my 100th lawn, and that's when I came up with the idea of raising my lawn care service, where I still mow free lawns for the elderly, disabled, single parents, and veterans, but now I also include kids. 8717 and after that eventually the 50 yards hadn't started and here we are today Rodney you know I tried to talk Jake into mowing my lawn once and he wasn't budging <laughs> on the thing you know so there are there are great <laughs> souls out there and some souls that aren't so great hey 
so let's talk about, um, and I, I've checked out your website. I know uh, folks can go to uh, weareraisingmen.com, but uh, is that a good place to get started, either if you know somebody that may need a, a lawn mode or if you want to participate in the challenge uh, itself? Yeah, that's the best way. You want to sign kids up for the 50-yard challenge, you know, just go on the website. And I'm also starting a program soon um, for the adult called Lawn Angels. So, like, let's say if one of you guys wanted to be a lawn angel, you would go on the website and sign up just like how the kids do it, make a sign, saying, I'm a lawn angel for Salt Lake City. And if anyone, elderly, disabled, single parent, or veteran are in need in your area, um, they'll just contact you through our website and stuff. So that's something I'm working on to get more adults involved as well. But right now, with mainly kids, and kids are getting out there and mowing, and a lot of the kids are mowing with the, the father or the mother or even the grandfather. We have a kid in Iowa that's out mowing with his grandfather for the 50-yard challenge, and his mother told me that they're really building a bond, so it's a beautiful day in the sea. What a great idea, Rodney. What a great idea. This is fantastic yeah, I mean, on your part. I mean, I, I give all credit to God. Um, I, I believe it's his work, because when I... First came out of high school. Um, I went to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, to attend IIT Tech, and I was in Fort Florida for about six months. And during those six months, were the worst times of my life. And I just remember asking God to use me as a vessel. And the moment I just prayed to God and told Him use me as a vessel, I had a sense of calm relief. A few years later, about well, about six years later, I would come across the elderly man, and that was that moment. I believe God said, "You told me you wanted me to use you as a vessel." And Ever since that moment, I've been learning free loan, so I give all glory to God, because without him, all this wouldn't be possible. That's so cool. Are you a, uh, a sports fan, Ronnie? Yeah, yeah, I got into a little sports, um, basketball, uh, soccer. You have a team? Yeah, uh, you have anybody you really follow? Um, no, I, I like Golden State, you know. Um, okay. Yeah, but, you know, there's a few teams I like. Uh, uh, who else? Uh... I like the Portland Trailblazers. You know, it's just, it's just a pair. Right on. A couple of teams in the West, huh? Yeah, yeah, in the West. <laughs> East is no good. <laughs> All right, you can follow Rodney on Twitter as well, at I am Rodney Smith. And i got to say, the, the pictures you share on your Twitter uh, uh, Twitter feed are great, just inspiring stuff. And, again, that, uh, that website, if you're interested in or you know somebody who may need a lawn to be mowed or if you're interested in participating, we are raisingmen.com. Rodney, it is a great privilege to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your message with us. Oh, no, thank you guys for the opportunity. Thanks, Rodney. Rodney Smith Jr. He is the founder of Raising Men Lawn Care Service, and it's just that. It's all about service, going out, volunteering, uh, helping, uh, you know, whether it's elderly or disabled or veterans or, or some uh, single parents, somebody that, that may need it, um, and, and something simple as sending shirts and rewarding with signs and, you know, just out there doing some good. I, I love that. I'm so glad we had Rodney on the, on the show today, Gordon. You need to hear that stuff at this time. You know, it just makes you feel good. Yeah, it sure does. You said it right. Just you said, cool. What a cool idea. I mean that. Uh, I imagine that would go a long way toward bonding communities. Big time, big time. And you know, young people can get involved. This is a way young people can make a difference. Uh, you know, it's been a while since you or myself has been a young person, Gordon. But sometimes there's some frustration there that uh, you know you don't matter. And here's a way that you can get out and serve your community and. And in a cool, organized fashion and uh, get connected with people who really need it. That's awesome. 
The other day I was on a bike ride, Jake, and I was riding through the neighborhood, and I saw at the end of a driveway, I saw a lawnmower, and it had a sign over it that said, free. And? Somebody was giving away their lawnmower. Well, we know who wasn't taking it. I almost, I thought about it. Why on earth would uh, you take that? You're not going to mow uh, your own lawn. Yeah, I was going to mow somebody else's, be inspired by Rodney. Wait, isn't this before you, you met Rodney or we talked to Rodney, which was only seconds ago? True. <laughs> <laughs> but I did think about it. Okay. The thought didn't cross my mind. Uh, well, of course, we know how you are with free stuff. Yeah, of course you were like, what, what free? Huh? Free what? <laughs> Pick that up immediately. Knocked on the door and asked for them to tune it up first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll take this. Could you please clean it up and make sure it's running properly? Put some gas in it, will you? (laughs) And where do I sit? I don't see the chair I sit on this riding lawnmower. Uh, no, but that is that is really cool. What a what a yeah. great cause. Again, just to just to get this out there again, we are raisingmen.com. We are raisingmen.com and you can follow Rodney on Twitter at I am Rodney Smith. That's at I am Rodney Smith. Maybe you have kids who might like to participate. Maybe you're a teenager, a young person listening to this or or certainly know some. Uh, certainly this is a, a really great cause. And and would this be a bad message to to recommend to parents that Maybe you've got a, a teenager or something that's been uh, keeping the couch warm for the last couple of months that this might be an endeavor that you uh, <clears throat> encourage, encourage them to participate in. <laughs> encourage them to pick up. I hear the sunlight's good to stay away from the virus. Yes, I hear that's good for everybody. And it doesn't say you, can, you doesn't say you have to do 50 different yards. You could do one person's yard 50 times. Yeah, right. It's, it's just the challenge. There's got to be someone in your neighborhood right now that could use that help. 100%. So there you go. Uh, check that out. And again, if you're a parent out there who's frustrated with the amount of you know television your teenager is watching, maybe a little gentle, gentle encouragement uh, Gordon, might be good. When you mow your lawn, do you go diagonally? Do you go side to side? How do you do that? Or the major like a star? I, I do crisscross. Yeah, do I mean, you? I like. To, yeah, I like. Uh, do you bag it or you, mulch it? Oh, you bag it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just and, and, and you know, when you're when you're done going one direction. You you've got to go back over the other direction. Do you? You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> My lawn looks like uh, it looks like uh, AT and T. Like I mean, the I best mean, lawn just... money can mow. <laughs> Actually, do you, do you pay him for the second time over or just the once? Well, if he uh, wants his Christmas bonus, then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Do you really make him mow it the other way again? After he no. finishes? Oh, okay, God. I was going to have to not that be a friend would be, anymore. Yeah, that would be pretty extreme. Unless you pay him twice. And don't they, don't the baseball stadiums, don't they paint it? It's not mode, it's paint, right? The, oh, the grass? No, it's, yeah. It's painted. No, it's, talking it's, about? it's mode. I bet we could get Jake. the grounds crew on here and figure this out. I think the, they like mow the, it. Like the World Series ones, the real elaborate ones, those, that's definitely paint. I think they no. mow it first and then maybe add some highlight to it. So that it pops on the old TV. But they mow it first. Bob the lawnmower is far from Picasso, I'm sure. How you think they're doing You're those? crazy. No. They are very artistic <laughs> and talented. Bob the lawnmower. I take offense to that. Do they paint the patterns on the field for baseball? 
You really think that that's some guy do. meticulously mowing that in? There's yes. no way. Down there with a three-inch paintbrush uh, that does not make any sense to me. Hmm. That's I've from a Snickers commercial. Hey, look, I want you to know that I have mowed a lot of lawns in my day. <laughs> just not for a while. Yeah, the DuPont and, family was pleased. And I used to, uh, I, I used to uh, really be meticulous about that because... Really, a beautiful lawn is is a, a work of art, and uh, yeah. huh. Uh, let's see here. The designs are created through a process called lawn striping. To create lawn striping designs of your own, you need only two pieces of equipment: a lawnmower and a roller. Uh huh. Not paint. Many uh, professional groundskeepers use old-fashioned real mowers to cut stadium's grass attached just behind the blades of the mower is a lawn roller that bends the uh, grass down. Some uh, lawnmower manufacturers are beginning to make riding mowers with full-width rollers mounted to the rear of the mower to make this task easier. And the reason they do that, (laughs) more than any other, is very pragmatic. They want it to be absolutely smooth. And that roller gets that job taken care of. Or do they want it to look cool? I know, I know from firsthand experience. Do you? Yes. Jerry Dupont liked it done in a certain way. <laughs> no, it was Madame Dupont that Madame was in charge. Right. Yeah, my dad that was wanted Steve it Carell done a certain song? way too. I want yes. you to know. That was a different Dupont. Knock it off. <laughs> Wait, it's the same family though, right? Well, extended. Yeah. Like a cousin. I don't know. I I don't remember the bloodlines, but uh, but anyway, that's yeah, a good that's show. Not, on Netflix, uh, a nice, you know, it was really kind of when I visited my daughter uh, on Saturday to uh, drop off a Mother's Day gift to her, and uh, her lawn looked better than mine, and uh, she she and her husband had done taking care of all that themselves. I was very proud. Nothing like a beautiful lawn. I agree. I agree. I mowed mine yesterday. How long do you think it'd uh, take you to do 50-yard challenge? Gordon? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean. Well, if I did one a week, it would take 50 weeks. That's not even worth discussing. <laughs> yeah, in, in this, uh, in this uh, four seasons territory here, I mean, it wouldn't be doable. But uh, so you'd have to do a couple of weeks. How about this? How about you pay for one extra lawn every week and then just ask your person who takes care of your lawn to do this challenge? Uh, the person that takes care of my lawn is very busy. I think he's probably booked up. Nah, I can find but, time to squeeze in one more for the good of humanity, I bet. Especially if the price is right. If the price of the good for humanity is right? Is well, it's Gordon that? who's doing the good for humanity. What does the good for humanity go for these Because days? if Gordon isn't going to mow the lawn himself, then he, the least he could do is pay for another lawn to be mowed. You see where well, I'm Well, I would want to. I bet, no. see, that's where you got it wrong. I would want to do it myself. I wouldn't want to pay someone else to do it. So it's just not going to get done because of that? What mower would well, you use? Well, if I picked up that free lawnmower the other day, I would have been able to do it. 
<laughs> oh man! That yeah. real quick though, but that part of Rodney's interview—I didn't know he gives a, a mower and a weed eater and a blower to every kid that gets this fifty-yard challenge. That's done. pretty cool. That's really yeah, cool. yeah. That's pretty awesome. What a neat guy! Great job, Austin. Great job lining that up. That that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Chris Maddox is going to join the show at the top of the four o'clock hour, so stay tuned for that. We'll do what's going on at the top uh, of the five o'clock Jake. hour. Jake, I'm going to go roll my lawn right now during the break. You're going to go roll back. it out? Jake's going to go paint his. Oh, I still believe <laughs> it's paint. So I don't paint the grass. kill it. You paint the grass? I still believe it's paint. <laughs> what do you think this is? You think, well, it was the old days of uh, Candlestick Park or something? What, is, uh, they paint the field then? Then, yeah. Well, the end zones uh, yeah, are painted. They yeah. clumps of mud they managed to, all over that place. They managed to paint... Uh, Football fields all the time. What do you mean the grass would die? Well, I've, I've seen that. Uh, I've seen that great googly moogly ad a zillion <laughs> times. What do you think he's using? Food coloring, uh, earwax, chalk. I mean, oh. By the way, uh, that might be my favorite commercial of all time. That's great, but uh, who are the chefs? <laughs> great googly moogly. Unbelievable ad. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a 25-year-old dad, and I still remember it to this day. All right, stay tuned. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Gonna tell Aunt Mary about Uncle John. He cleaned me out the music, but he had a lot of fun. Oh, baby. Yeah, baby. Woo, baby. Having me some fun tonight. Yeah. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our good friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. In fact, Gabe was on uh, with Hanson Scotty earlier today, our good friend Gabe. It'd be so nice, uh, I bet, for a lot of companies to have local, um, basically, service when it comes to this sort of thing in these times, Gordo. It's probably yeah. uh, very valuable to their clients. So check them out, syringanetworks.net. And we know Gabe personally. He's a good dude. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, Gordo. Hey, uh, Brett McMurphy was on with Hanson Scotty earlier today. And let's play this clip because he's talking about college football, the possible return, a possible not return, and all the moving parts that are going on uh, out there and where we stand right now. And this is a couple minutes long, but we wanted to get the whole answer. Here's uh, Brett McMurphy with Hanson Scotty. If we get into fall and you have some schools that are not allowing kids back on campus, it's online only. Uh, and you've got Greg Sankey and Bob Bowlesby of the SEC and the uh, and the uh, Big 12 saying, you know what, we're fine. We're good to play even if kids are not back on campus. And you got George Emmert of the NCAA saying, uh, no, you can't if they're not back on campus. Who wins that battle? Well, the, the NCAA has no control over college football at the Division One level. So um, ultimately – it's the presidents that will make that decision. It won't be Emmert. It won't be the commissioners, but certainly the commissioners um, are talking to the respective schools' athletic directors and um, talking to the presidents. So if it comes down to this, we're going to have a season and the stu- general students can't be on campus, but it's safe for the student-athletes to come back. We can play a season that way. Or... We're not going to play a season because the general students aren't going to be back on campus. We are definitely going to be playing a season (laughs) because that's how critical and important the revenue is. And again, as long as it's not going to be easy, but as long as the health and safety of the student athletes is not compromised, 
um, then they will find a way to play somehow, some way. Tell you what, uh, well, I think we, we I got the answer to that, that real quick. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I knew that that the NCAA was very... So why do we talk about the conferences separating from the NCAA? Well, as far as from a rule, rules and regulations in terms of eligibility... The way they monitor? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, breaking rules, taking payments... Their management? Recruiting, stuff like that. But as far as the landscape of competition... And I thought the NCAA so why had would Emert, some... why would Emert, Emert even weigh in on a football season? Because he can. Hey, uh, fella. And, and here's the stay thing. Stay in your lane. You go back and you look at his comments. He says, I can't see a way in which we can do this. But he didn't say, I'm not going to allow it to happen. He's just like, well, I can't see how we would do that. And Bowlesby, and I'm sure Greg Sankey, if he were to ask, be asked the same thing, be like, oh, watch us. If you can't see us, we'll just show watch you. it. Yeah. We'll show you how it's done. And this is... This might, you know, we talk about the ramifications of what our lives are going to look like after this is all over with. This might be the first of several steps that lead to the Power Five conferences saying, you know what, NCAA, we don't even need you. We're done. We're going to go form our own uh, our own division of football. Uh, we're going to set, you know, set up our own scheduling. We're going to set up everything, which well, they might need to do with these imaging and rights. Yeah, I mean, we can pay our guys just because the G five schools can't afford it. We can. So why are we worried about them? We're just going to join our own thing. You worry about those schools. We'll do it, take care of ourselves, and uh, go get lost. And and there's been rumors of that happening for years now. Maybe this is this. Maybe this is what pushes them over the edge. Going back to the the Brett McMurphy part of that conversation, Gordon, um, it it will be the schools and the conferences that decide football, and that goes back to what, what there was a famous lawsuit in the seventies, right, which basically made it so the NCAA doesn't have any uh, authority over college football, that it's its own thing, and that the only reason or the only thing the NCAA does, and you heard Scott allude to it, is is oversight. Um, so it's really. Mark Emmert has nothing to do with this decision in regards to college football. It's going to be the individual schools. But in that segment there, you, it, it, he made it sound like they're going to they're going to play college football this fall, no matter what. I think there's a lot. I think that's the attitude. And I, no matter what is such a well, such a, he it, kept saying he kept saying as long as it's safe. But that's the problem. As long as it's safe, well, is it safe? Right now, no. They, I mean, that's why they couldn't start it today. But, I mean... <laughs> but yeah. but different people are going to make... Some people... CJ, this is different. This is different than having a, setting a goal and then getting the goal done. This is different than that. And I hope that's not the attitude they take. That, by golly, we're going to do this and we're going to make this happen. No. The, the, the stuff that is preventing it from happening is outside your control. So I understand preparing for it responsibly and all that sort of thing. But ultimately, uh, to, to have that attitude about it, I think, is dangerous. But what about what if it's safe in one part of the country but not in another? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, however you want to define that. Because but, with college football, here's the point. There's not going to be a uniform policy. That's not going to happen. Right. Right. So, it, you know, what if what if in Alabama they deem it safe, but in California they don't? How do you deal with that? Because that's, that's, and I've said this a million times, and, and forgive me for repeating myself, but all these decisions are left up to politicians. And they're going by their own information and what they decide uh, can and cannot happen. What they so determine I wonder, is safe. I, I, 
I wonder how that would play out if in certain regions they do play it and they do benefit from the the uh, resources that are gained via that playing of the football versus, say, like the Pac-12. Let's say the Pac-12 decided there wasn't a safe way to do it, and those schools were put in a situation, a compromised situation financially uh, because of not having the season. Now, now all kinds of scales get tipped one way or the other. Yeah, you're right. And some conferences would be more affected than others. Uh, some schools in and up, you know, in themselves are more prepared uh, to handle this sort of thing than others, right? I mean, we've we've talked about Cal's financial dire straits for years now. I mean, this this could potentially be devastating to them. Uh, we've talked about the the um, you know group of five down to the big sky, those types of schools that require talk about uh, you relying on the gate. I mean, those that's a big part of those schools' budgets. No doubt about huge, that. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah. So, so what do they do going forward? I mean, that's why there's so much desperation to the situation. And that's why they're, they're, they could go rogue. You know, it's why the SEC is going to do what they want. And even some schools within conferences are going to get uh, the ability to do what they want. Because the, the situation is dire. So we've talked about this in the past, but I'm curious to know how your, what your feeling would be, Jake. Let's say SEC schools, all of them, decide they're going to play football. But... In some cases, in that conference, the students aren't on the campus. Do you uh, – it seemed to be what Brett was saying there, that, that that's a possibility and it might even be a likelihood in some cases. So if that I – I, I just have a hard time getting past that. I mean, if your school isn't safe enough to have classes, then how is it safe enough to have 120 football players out banging hats and helmets and pads and tackling each other and and doing what football players have to do. I I think they're going to try and minimize the risk. That's going to be that's really going to be the the game plan and they're going to try I keep hearing this word thrown out all the time but do things surgically, you know. It, it you can't up, apply broad logic to that to like that to every single situation and in the loophole they're going to use is online classes. They're going to say, "Well, students are in session." So we can do this. And I don't know, that justification rings hollow to me. But when you look at it, does it really matter if all the students are on campus, if you can play college football responsibly? Well, how do you do that responsibly? I guess that's the question. How do you do it? Because there can be no social distancing playing football. But if everybody playing is uh, test negative, then that doesn't matter. So are you going to test Every player, every I, week? I mean, this is above my pay grade, Gordon. I, I don't know exactly what the, the safety ramifications would be, but they would have to meet those standards if they want, want to proceed. So what that is exactly, I don't know. I don't know if they know. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and what, on, what we didn't think was possible three weeks ago seems more possible today. So it just things, seems like things change so rapidly. You know, who knows what you would have to do? And then there are the other incalculable uh, un- un- things, in that, such as what if a second wave hits? And what if it's a big second wave? Then what are you going to do in the middle of that? It's the same questions we keep asking over and over again that we don't have answers to. And I don't know how I don't care how powerful the SEC is. They don't have those answers either. So I don't know how the certain Entities can be so certain that they're going to, by golly, we're going to get this thing done. Because, well, there's a will, there's a way. Well, not so fast. Well, they might be coming to different conclusions than you. 
Well, it, it seems to me like reasonable people would agree if they're looking at the same data. You'd think so uh, now, wouldn't you? But have you been online lately? <laughs> <laughs> have you have you watched the news? Yeah. Well, I mean, I people, mean, are, people are fist fighting over having to wear masks into Costco. But here's, <laughs> here's my problem with it, Jake. What is motivating it? Money. Money is what's motivating this. Money is what's motivating certain people to say, ah, the kids will be all right. Money is what motivates anybody to do anything. I, I mean, are you, are you saying money motivate as in it, it, it shouldn't? Or that it doesn't matter? I, I guess I don't understand what point you're trying to make, because it does matter. Well, when it comes to college sports, I think uh, they ought to err on the side of caution. Okay, but, but let's not pretend for a moment like the jobs in college sports don't matter. And the athletes themselves, I mean, if, if Olympic, uh, entire programs of Olympic athletes don't make it out of this thing, you know, that matters. That stuff matters. Maybe it's not the so, ultimate so deciding factor, saying, but it matters. 100% so what you're saying, Jake, is that uh, the collateral damage that comes from this, ah, that's just the price of doing business. No, I, I'm not saying it that definitively because I don't think we're living in a world where you can perceive it that definitively. I just don't. Now, this is my first time through this like, uh, like everybody else, but I, I think we're all trying to weigh um, – way trying to to do the best through this on all fronts so uh, how to be safe and and be responsible but at the same time yeah i mean people people losing losing their livelihoods and their life life's work that stuff matters opportunities for athletes and in college sports call me pollyannish but that stuff matters to me Yeah, all right. And, but I, I, it, it, it shouldn't I, be. I would not. I would not feel good about having. And again, this is just my opinion, obviously. But I would not feel good if it's going to cost a bunch of lives. Uh, then I have a problem with college football going on. Okay, I don't it, think anybody. It, and we've we've had been down this road before. I don't think anybody's advocating for the loss of life. Well, but if that's if that's yeah, but if that's a consequence of what the plan is. Do you just shrug it off like, eh? oh, well, you know, life must go on. Um, I got you. I, I hear what you're saying, and I don't want to argue against you because then it, it, it sounds like I don't have those similar values. But I, I think in a lot of different, not, not just sports, but I think in life, we're all going to have to figure out a way to make the best out of this thing. And those other things that I were talking about, those things do matter. And See, I just, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with summing it up as just as money because you're just, you know, you're just you're you're picturing somebody bathing in a mountain of cash. <laughs> and, and that that is absolutely not the case. And it's true that football programs fund athletic departments, but those athletic departments do a lot of great things other than bathe in mountains of money. And, and those things do have value. And it frustrates me when when people say it's one or the other, because I don't think it is. Hmm. Kind of is. I don't think so. I, I don't agree with that. Well, I don't. Th- this I'm looking at it more like okay, we have this we have this period of time where there is no vaccine yet. There 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 are still a, a lot of information that we don't have yet, and so I look at at it like okay, let's bridge this gap from here until whenever that vaccine is available. 
And if it's a year, it's a year. But I, I think it makes sense to interrupt the norm over that certain period of time in order to get it to a point where you can open the thing up and proceed with more normalcy. And I, I think it's worth it. I mean, because these things happen sometimes. You know, bad things happen sometimes. World War II breaks out, and they have various interruptions in, in, in certain ways. You know, but you, you just sort of hunker down and fight your way through it and, and, and keep the casualties to an absolute minimum and then pick back up with the lessons you've learned. And in this case, hopefully hopefully with a vaccine so that next year at this time we won't be facing these same problems what if it's five years i'm just going off of the estimates of people like angela dunn who said that she thought a year what if it's Uh, five though what if it's 10 what if it never comes i don't know jake then you're going to face a world where uh, people are going to lose their lives well whatever we We're gotta, just going to go on. My point is we've got to figure it out. Well, that's that's why I thought that if the medical experts are saying a year, then that, if that's what it is, then that's what it is. Some seem to be more optimistic about maybe getting that process underway in November, December. Then, OK, let's be patient in the meantime until we can make it absolutely as safe as possible. I understand, Jake, it's difficult. It's difficult for a lot of people to put these things on hold, and it affects a lot of people in ways that are are severe and that are important. But I don't think anything is as important as making sure that a football player doesn't go out and play a game and then go home and spread it to other family members and then have two, two members of his family die. I, that, that, to me, is, is not justifiable. Well, that's exactly what we have to negotiate. And I, I mean, I don't mean to be discouraging on a vaccine, but there are no guarantees. And, and they consistently move the bar on that. And, and this is a really pessimistic uh, opinion. But during my lifetime, uh, the AIDS has been a big deal. And they've been working on an AIDS vaccination the entire time. And they've never found one. So th- the guarantee of that isn't there. Well, no one's guaranteeing it, but and, I think the experts, I mean, we can go off of the experts' opinion, and, they're, and they are estimating a year. And that's, I mean, so we just have to shutter indoors for a year? I don't think that's an option. I really don't. And, and these are decisions and discussions that are way above our pay grade, and I, I am per, perfectly willing to acknowledge that. But I, I think there's so much on the line that that's why you're seeing them try to figure it out. And if they can figure it out, get out of the way. Let them figure it out. Yeah, a lot depends my, on it. That's more than just is, money. And my, yeah, but it's at what cost? If they can figure it out, figure what out? How to, how to operate safely or at least mitigate the risk as much as possible? Well, if they can do it safely, then I'm all for it. But that's that's where the devil is. But right your definition detail. of safe, I don't think is possible. There's risk no matter what. There's risk to getting out of bed in the morning. I understand. There's that, risk Jake, to getting a, a package on. on Amazon. I mean, it, you, you, it's you know exactly you, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. You, as long as those rates are what they've been, 
and the 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 the, uh, the chance of spreading this disease is as prevalent as it's been. And if you can expect a second wave to come, the way medical experts are saying that it will. Uh, yeah, it ain't I, easy, I think, man. I agree. It's not easy. And so, and so that's what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about canceling the rest of everybody's life. Well, there are a lot of lives that are suffering that are, are not just COVID-19 lives. Yeah, but t- tell yeah. that to the families that have lost loved ones. I know. Thing. It's hard, man. It's happened. I get it. I'm here. It's been tough. It's been it's 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 been tough all over. It's been tough in the Larry Miller group. It's been tough at the zone. It's it's hard. It's been tough in my family. It's been tough in yours, I'm sure. We just have to figure out the best way to to proceed. But if the best course is is to stall the best according to whom, though? To the well again, <laughs> I, I rely I rely on the medical experts, man. That's where I put my. I'm trust sure the in governor this. of Georgia is t- is saying the same thing. Is he? I I'm sure there's somebody in that medical field in his ear. I mean the the, the I and we're way over. I and this is again a deeper conversation. But uh, the, uh, it, who's the what's the country in Europe, Austin, that's handling it? Where they've basically isolated the elderly. Sweden. I think it's Sweden, right? So the the doctor giving uh, that advice to that country is on the the board of the World Health Organization, and that's the the strategy that they decided to go with, which a lot of people in this country have criticized. So is he any less of an expert than somebody else? Well, Jake, I, you know, I, I'm not saying everyone is going to agree, but I, uh, I'll, I guess I'll throw in with the, with the whatever the majority is amongst the medical experts. Yeah, I mean, I, I really admire Dr. Dunn, and we've had her on the show, and I listen to, I listen to her every time she addresses the, uh, the general public, and I think she's been a great leader through all of this, but. You know, there are different experts out there who who agree and disagree, and I I don't I don't know if anybody's sure, Gordon. And that's I've the had three I've had three conversations with Doctor Dunn, and I can't speak for her, but based on what she has said and reading between the lines, I think she wants to err on the side of caution. What does that mean? What do you mean, side of caution? That could mean so many different things, because I've heard her talk about, you know, safely returning and and social distancing and wearing masks. Well, I can't I can't speak. Well, yeah. Come on, Jake. She said it. uh, She said it pretty plainly to us. I I think she wants to be very, very careful before things are put back in place. And if you want to go off of a doctor, uh, Dr. Fauci seems to uh, they seem to be somewhat in the same ballpark and dr fauci talked uh, about how the nfl could pull off a season just this weekend and dr fauci i mean if we're going to go down that road he's the one who told us not to wear masks in the first place so it just seems like everything evolves uh, i think his his opinion changed on that jake all right we've got a mountain america market update coming up next stay tuned it is the big show 97.5 and 1280 of the zone so put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. 
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for another Mountain America market update. Let's get out to the Zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's our good friend Ray Nishikawa with us back on The Big Show. Hi, Ray. How are you? Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you, too. Good afternoon. All right. Let's start how we or let's talk about how we started out the week today. Well, I mean, the markets almost continued their streak. Uh, we ended up giving it all back. So the Dow closed down 109. The S&P closed down less than one. But uh, tech was up. And believe it or not, uh, tech, the NASDAQ index, is actually now positive year to date. Um, and then also, we're seeing money leave the uh, S&P 500. So the way we measure that is there is a ETF fund called the Spiders that we've seen 11 in the last 15 days. Money has left, so more sellers than there are buyers. Uh, but regardless, yeah, the market was more or less flat, and tech was up. So, uh, so Ray, do you have a, a Laker analogy today? You know, I don't. I, I had one, but uh, my wife, bless her heart, um, she wanted me to do a U of U analogy because I married into a bunch of U of U fanatics. <laughs> all right. So, so I'm sorry for all the Laker fans out there that were waiting for one. Um, but uh, today I thought that uh, we can kind of look at um, aligning expectations to your goals by just doing like a mid-season checkup. So imagine the youths. We start the season, let's say we play SC, Washington, Stanford, you know, pretty brutal opening. Um, and then we switch over and we play, let's say, the likes of Oregon State, Washington State. And if I were mean, I would say BYU as the easy part of the schedule, but I won't because I'm not mean. And it's a good way to say, okay, so what went right? What went as expected? And is there anything that we did that overperformed or underperformed? So defense is supposed to win us games. That's to be expected. Um, however, did we find something that we overachieved? For example, the passing win us games. Well, if you had Tyler Huntley, that's fine. But if you had John Hayes, then you know that we overachieved in certain areas, and we have to set our expectations to say this can't continue. And so applying that to the markets, tech would be a great example right now to say, well, my tech portion of my portfolio is doing fine, but I would argue that that's probably overachieving, and we're probably going to have to see that kind of come back down and then expect some of the other places uh, to kind of step up in their place. Ray, you are the man. Thank you, as always. You're very welcome. That's our friend Ray Nishikawa from Mountain America Investment Services. And there is another Mountain America market update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. All right, there you go. Getting you up to date on your money at the moment. We do it every day at 3.50. Coming up next, Gordon, we're going to talk to Chris Mannix. Always a highlight of the week talking to Chris. Yeah, no doubt about that. And we'll ask him the latest from the NBA and the chances for there to be a season, or at least a postseason to come. And maybe we'll get his thoughts, as we usually do, on uh, the Michael Jordan documentary series, docu-series, not a documentary, and what he uh, thought about what we saw last night. And, Gordon, you uh, is it posted yet? You have a column coming out about uh, that uh, as well today, right? No, yeah, it's not posted yet, but probably tomorrow. Well, I think you should make a stern phone call during the break. I mean, what's going on over there? When, uh, you, you know, I bet uh, you, when the Hemingway of these sports pages, you know, pens something out, it needs to go up. What a well, I, think, I think it probably uh, would help if I finished it first. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> All I, that yard work he's been doing. Oh uh, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're darn right. You're darn right. Finishing the column would be a uh, that would probably help. Yeah, Today okay. I was out working on the deck, and uh, you know. Uh, you know, working over labor. a sandwich on the wait, deck. Yeah, wait. What do you mean working on the deck? Isn't the deck new? Well, actually, there was one thing that needed adjustment, and the guy who built the deck came out, and I consulted with him. Oh, you supervised? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But then Gordo. I bailed because I had a show to do and left it up to Lisa to handle it from there. Well, I'm sure it's in better hands. Well, we'll keep an eye on uh, sltrib.com. Uh, for Gordon's uh, latest column coming out. And we'll get to Chris Mannix coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.